0: Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, is she being held? Why do you feel sorry for her? Sometimes I do. How do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Uh, The the stuff about me paddling nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK taxpayer. It's not in opposition that I want to be and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> so as first like minister it. and its labour values and fructose <laughs> I have the you just not getting seriously. the job. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to, hands who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, basties! what the actual fuck? Hiya, besties. It's me, Jennifer Wan, and this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Uh, we are still in conference recess, but that does not mean that nothing's going on. In fact, quite a lot is going on. It's it's weird. But um, we've got lots to get through, so I will be catching you up with everything that has been going on this week. It's been kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> It's been a lot to a lot to think about but um but luckily we have this time together to think about it so it'll be fine um so grab yourself a drink and a snack and get comfy and cozy and let's go you remember how i said last week that the government are going to have a real challenge with their proposal to ban XL bully dogs yeah I think I was right um so there was a huge protest um well multiple protests actually uh across the UK uh I think the biggest one from what I could find uh was in London And there were huge groups of people, they had signs, they had chants, they had, like, all kinds of things. There was a multitude of signs uh, with pictures of Rishi Sunak with a dog muzzle on saying muzzle Rishi. Uh, There were signs comparing him to Hitler. There were, like, the whole thing is is very, very um, passionate, you know these are people who are very passionate about getting what they want and what they want is as two things i believe if if i if i go off the chanting that i could hear in videos and live streams they want rishi sunak out of government fabulous i agree and they want for their dogs to be able to live without restrictions um I've got great news on the first front, guys, because I think that is, I is—I—I I think it's going to happen. I don't know what will come after that, but I think it is going to happen. Um, in terms of the lives of their dogs, I i, I cannot tell you. I don't know. Um, but I do think that the government will have a much harder time with this than they think. Because I think they were like, you know what? There's these media reports about these dogs. There's a negative perception of these dogs we will ban them that'll be a big win for us and everyone will go back to loving us again and it will be fabulous but they haven't factored in that there are a number of families who own these dogs um there are people from uh from the what would i call this the dog the dog training industry is that is that the right term i i don't know i'm not a dog Or or a dog owner, but, (laughs) you know, people who work within dog training is who I'm talking about, um, who are speaking out very passionately about this. Um, There seems to be a big, um, a big push in these protests to, to talk about restrictions on bad owners rather than a ban, a blanket ban on these dogs. Um, which I think is going to be where the government finds difficulty, because I don't think that the government really wants to get into legislating dog ownership itself. Uh, because I think that's going to be a lot more complicated than just blanket banning an entire type of dog. Um, so. It's it's still early days in this, you know, kind of pushback campaign from these dog owners. We'll have to see where it goes, but I don't think that the government's going to have a good time with this. Uh, I really don't, uh, especially if the protests were to uh, to be believed in anything to go by, because there's a lot of passionate people who are very determined that the government is not going to impact the lives of their dogs, not going to change the quality of life of their dogs. They are ready to go to a fucking war. For their dogs, so and and I I I feel personally. I mean, it's just my my opinion, my assessment of things. I think that the current government is in too weak of a position to really fight this in a major way. Um, they are on a constant sheet of incredibly thin ice, and. It seems like every day they're sort of walking very gingerly across it, but they keep, like, holes keep falling. They keep sort of collapsing through, but then they pull themselves back up and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then they carry on walking across this very thin ice and and there's just more and more pitfalls forming in this ice, right? I don't know that the government has the ability to go up against this i really don't i think perhaps they think they do um but they're slowly realizing that they don't have the goodwill they don't have the popularity or the momentum to do this um and they're basically just sort of pushing ideas around and hoping that an election will come and they can just like leave uh (laughs) Like, it very much seems like they would like to leave. That's the kind of uh, vibe that I am getting. With a lot of stuff that's being thrown out by the government, it's not just we're going to ban these dogs. Um, there's been some really crazy stuff from Rishi Sunak again this week. Um, he has once again thrown out the idea of you know, what if we forced kids to do maths up until 18? But he's also added English to that. And as we discussed last time, he doesn't have the facilities for that big man. Like he just, he just does not. There are not enough teachers for that to be viable. And hiring teachers is a pain in the ass at the moment because the working conditions are are bad. And so you're not really going to get many new teachers so it's just it's not viable and forcing people to do a subject after the the regular compulsory time it's just going to make them resentful like there's no benefits to it and it's not really possible but he is once again just throwing that idea out I guess just so he has something to say like I, I there's no logic behind it he also <laughs> uh there are many sources saying that he may be announcing at the conservative conference a plan to scrap a levels entirely <sighs> for what reason bitch for what reason like what what is what is even this What is even this? And apparently, this is his big conference announcement, extending maths and English to eighteen, and then just scrapping A levels. Like, what? What is the point of that? For what reason? What benefit does that have for young people? Like, literally, he's just throwing shit out just so he can be seen saying something. Like, (laughs) what? What does what does it even mean? What does it even mean? Um, some other crazy Rishi ideas from this week he wants to uh, (laughs) he wants to drastically lower inheritance tax as well um, and set out a pathway to abolish inheritance tax entirely in the future there are literally schools falling down um, there are courts falling down there was a court building this week that basically collapsed uh, the roof collapsed Um, there are there are kids who who don't have enough food day to day in one of the richest nations in the world and this bitch is out here like what if we cut inheritance tax what if we got rid of A-levels like what is this what in the Stuart Pearson is this I, and I would imagine, um, whether whether it's right or wrong, whether the policy itself is right or wrong, the whole banning these dogs thing, I'm going to be honest, I don't think it's actually going to go anywhere. I think it's just going to become another one of those things that Rishi says. Because he's just throwing random shit out. He's panicking. Like this week as well, he was like... We're gonna uh, fuck around with stuff so that people born in, like, 2009 can't buy cigarettes or something. Um, He's just throwing out all of these things. Just fucking about. Not doing anything about the problems we have day to day. Like, public buildings are literally falling apart. Literally. That's happening right now. Renting is a fucking catastrophe. We're all poorer. It's everything's gone from gold to shit. And he's like, What if we changed legislation on cigarettes? What if we got rid of A levels? What if it? and so I feel like whether it's right or wrong, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, the dog ban thing is going to end up lost in this sort of cyclone of Rishi's 3 a.m. ideas and um. And I don't know if the government is going to be able to get enough support for it because it's, it just kind of seems like he's spinning out and spiraling and it's like, girl, this is giving Liz trust and that's not a compliment. Girl, not this. Oh my god, not this. Suella Braverman? Can someone snatch away her phone? Like that video of Michelle Obama snatching Barack Obama's phone. But like for serious. Because girl. Girl. Oh my god. I... Missing really said, she really fucking said, let's do a little potential contempt of court as a treat. I, girl, what is this? And listen, listen, there are going to be people who are going to say, oh, maybe it's an accident. Maybe she's just being dumb. Maybe she's having a dumb moment. This is a woman. She's worked in the legal profession for years. She was previously Attorney General. Miss Thing knows what she's doing. This is very fucking deliberate. Like, girl. So. So, there is uh, currently a situation going on. Um, An armed police officer has been charged... Um, with murder in relation to the death of Chris Cabot who was a man who was shot and killed by armed police officers and it it was you know after investigation found that he did not have a a gun Um, and so now an armed police officer has been charged with murder The case has not gone to trial yet. Like, the trial has not taken place. And so it's not very appropriate for the actual Home Secretary to tweet this. We depend on our brave firearms officers to protect us from the most dangerous and violent in society. In the interest of public safety, they have to make split-second decisions under extraordinary pressures. Girl, she had a whole thread. Oh, my God. They mustn't fear ending up in the dock for carrying out their duties. Officers risking their lives to keep us safe have my full backing and I will do everything in my power to support them. That's why I have launched a review to ensure they have the confidence to do their jobs while protecting us all. It's giving our uh, trying to change the narrative. Like, that's what it's giving. Right now, we should not be having this conversation because there is going to be a trial that is going to look at the facts and the evidence and find out the truth. It is not right for the Home Secretary to intervene on this and to try and paint her own narrative. That is completely, wildly unacceptable she should not be interfering in a, a a live prosecution investigation this is not right at all but we're at a point where she will because she knows that nothing nothing is going to happen to her when she does this um like this <sighs> And and like I said, this is something that she will know she shouldn't be doing. She will know that this is not appropriate for her to be doing. She's not stupid. This is the thing. A lot of people within Sunak's administration, within the government, um, people will write them off and say, Oh, they're stupid. That's why they do these things. And yes, there is some stupidity, but there also is, like, a lot of manipulative behaviour. And that, in my opinion, is what this is. She knows she shouldn't be doing it, and yet she does it anyway. If she gets called for it, if she gets called out, she's probably going to say, oh, I didn't know. My bad. Sorry. Um, But she will not acknowledge that she would have knowingly done this. She's not dumb. She's got, actually, a lot of expertise in this area. Um, And so... This feels incredibly deliberate and incredibly inappropriate. Um, But, you know, this is... (laughs) This is where we are. We have a government full of ministers who feel that they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. They can interfere in prosecutions. They can... um, They can put their hands in and get a load of money. They can scam, they can scheme, they can lie. Because they know Rishi Sunak's not going to stop them because he doesn't care what they do. He doesn't care what happens. Um, As long as he gets to stay in power and pretend he's actually a good prime minister, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, And all of the systems that are in place that apparently are supposed to be, you know, our checks and balances, our way to hold these people to account... Are basically entirely powerless because nothing will actually happen. Nothing will happen. And so you have this government full of people who just do whatever the fuck they want, and it's madness. Terrible news and surely a sign of how broken Britain really is. Larry is apparently ill. Uh, Larry, if you don't know, he is a little cat and he lives in Downing Street at number 10. I like to think that one day he will overthrow the government and become our true prime minister. I would so vibe with that. Uh, But he is also the chief mouser to the cabinet office. It's it's fun. We have fun. Um, So Larry is an icon. We love him. Um, He's just a a sweet little boy. He's just a sweet little boy. Just doing cat stuff. Uh, We love him. But apparently the government is preparing uh, for com strategy because there are concerns about his health he is um he is getting on a bit in cat years in fairness he's 16 years old which is quite old for a cat um i'm just gonna say i feel like we should have a week of mourning like he means a lot to people he means a lot to people but i i hope he will be okay that's really sad um we love you buddy keep fighting even if it's just to um just so you can say that you you were there longer than rishi sunak like you can do it buddy we believe in you um i hope he will recover and surprise everybody and everyone would be like, "Oh my God, he did it! Look at him! icon because it's what he deserves. It is what he deserves um and and now, for an equally um strange story that will have any of our international listeners being like, Yo, what the fuck is going on in clown Island um <laughs> The former speaker, John Burko, is making his reality television debut in series two of The Traitors in America. <laughs> I don't... I mean... What... What is even this? I don't... I'm so confused right now. I... Okay... So, um, I know that everyone was mad for the traitors because it was there was a US version and a UK version. There's an Australian one as well, I think. Um, I have not watched any of them um, because I'm normally like three million years behind on television. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, um, I've, I'm looking at the premise. So, apparently a small group of contestants... Become the traitors, and they have to work together to eliminate the other contestants to win a prize. Um, and and then the other players are supposed to try and discover and banish the traitors by voting them out, so that they can win a prize. Okay, okay. So I th- I think the the UK version had um like regular people on it, but the American one has has celebrities. Um, so it's, it's got a, quite a a lineup of famous people that I will probably not recognize because I don't watch TV enough. Um. Okay, so somebody called Carsten Bergerson from a, they have Love Island in America too. Oh my God. Uh, Someone called Chris from The Real World. Uh, Dan from Big Brother um, i got a boxer in here Someone else from Love Island Oh my god Someone else from Big Brother More the real world <laughs> And then it's just Former Speaker of the House of Commons <laughs> That's camp That is, that is camp <gasps> Peppermint my god they've got peppermint from drag race oh bitch no i love peppermint oh i might watch this now she's hilarious we love her oh my god wow i might actually be watching this now because i love peppermint i love her um Oh, and also for John Burko, I guess. But, like, honestly, truly, more for Peppermint. Um, so, I, I guess he will be on that. Um, Okay. I wonder what they win. What's the prize? I don't know. I'm assuming because it's a celebrity season, like, it's going to be, like, a charity donation because that's what they normally do, isn't it? You know, you can win, like, £10,000 for a charity that you, like... That's the right thing to do, um, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. I don't know how to watch American TV in the UK. She lied, um, so <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we'll we'll do a little sailing. That'd be nice. Mm. There are going to be people who get that and people that don't, and that's okay. Um, so this week, it was also revealed. That the rail strikes, the rail strikes currently have cost the UK government £1.5 billion. The dispute has cost £1.5 billion and it would cost a fraction of that according to the RMT's Mick Lynch to settle the dispute and just have people back to work. But instead, they'd rather just waste our money um, dragging it out and refusing to meet with the union and refusing to um, consider giving the hardworking rail workers what they've asked for. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing? Uh, the Department of Transport has also given a new contract, a new supply contract to Avanti, which is one of the worst rail networks Listen, if you're in the north, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. You are gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I <laughs> I miss when Virgin had that line, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I like to I like to go, you know, exploring parts of the UK. It's fun, it's nice. You know, we've got a whole um we got we got four countries to explore. That's exciting. Most places don't have that. Um, and so I like doing that. The easiest way to do it is by train. But then Avanti come along and they just, like, ruin all my dreams because you'll have, oh, this train's cancelled. Oh, it's delayed. Oh, you know, you can get on this train instead of the train you were actually booked on. But say goodbye to your seat reservations. (laughs) Enjoy standing all the way to Manchester. (laughs) Like, what is that? But, you know... This, I think, is part of of what the RMT is is very much trying to, to communicate and also to help us with. Because they don't want for these fucking trash companies to have these monopolies, to have the ability to just keep going, keep being given contracts, um, you know, with poor working practices for the workers and also poor levels of customer service for people like me and people like you. Um, who are trying to use these railways and that is why the government i think is is so against the the rail strikes in particular because they know that it's not just about you know a pay deal or whatever it's it's about working conditions in general but it's also about the level of of service that we can expect as consumers because that is is part of it the Um, The rail workers have said repeatedly that there have been concerns about these companies wanting to cut safety measures, um, wanting to to just cut corners all the time so that they can make more money, make more profit, hoard more money. And these workers don't think it's safe for us, the consumers. And so they're not only standing up for themselves, but also for us. And that to me is why the government has such an issue with it and that to me is why we should be a hundred percent as 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 difficult as it is um you know because it's it's hard what you know when you've got disruption i get that but it's not just for them they're out here fighting for us too and so i i have to join them i have to stand i have no choice So we're back on Suella Braverman again. We talked about her earlier in the show because she was being insane. And she kept going this week. I guess she decided she wanted to be the main character this week. So she was giving a speech this week and she she dropped that old far-right conspiracy. You know the one. Multiculturalism has failed. High birth rates. ...from foreign-born mothers... ...are ruining our public services. Those foreigners, they don't integrate... ...and they ruin everything... ...and they're the reason why you can't get a job... ...and you can't can't get a house. uh, I'm sure that, you know... ...the many problems that we face... ...in terms of housing and, and GP appointments and stuff... ...is absolutely nothing to do... ...with her government... ...which has been in power for 13 years... ...not investing in infrastructure at all... ...and in fact cutting it back to insane levels i'm sure that it's definitely just multiculturalism that is the problem it's absolutely that obviously um this shit is it's just it's just right-wing bait i would say it's beneath her but i don't think that it is frankly I, i i don't think that it is beneath her Um, There are many that have labelled her unfit for office following the speech that she gave to the American Enterprise Institute, which is a think tank in the USA. Um, She also said that multiculturalism threatens social cohesion. Right. Okay, girl. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Listen, as someone who's a little bit multicultural myself, I actually think that I am beneficial to this country. I do. I do. I think, frankly, that the UK, and particularly England, where I currently live, is very lucky to have me. And I think that can be said of a lot of other people like me. Um. So, yeah. I mean, sure, there are there are those of us that come from multicultural backgrounds who maybe um are dreadful not naming no names but um yeah you know most of us are pretty pretty cool actually um and we bring a lot to the table the whole thing about threatening social cohesion is it's a fantasy like show me where that's happening girl Show me. But you can't. Of course you can't. Um, and she kind of got more unhinged and crazy as the week went on. Throwing out yet another far-right conspiracy theory. Um, according to Suella Braverman, people pretend to be gay to try and get asylum in the UK. She said, people purport to be gay when they're not actually gay. Girl. Why lie? Is my question. Why lie? Because <laughs> firstly, it's it's an incredibly small number of people that that actually list their sexual orientation as a reason for claiming asylum. Um, and there's not really any data or evidence to show that there is a number of people pretending to be gay so that they can get asylum in the UK. Um, but I tell you what, there is a lot of evidence of the Home Office refusing asylum to gay people and then those gay people being sent back to their countries of origin and... Facing violence, and facing abuse, and some of them even being murdered. There's evidence of that, Suella, and it's not just under her. It also happened as far back as Theresa May. I know that there was a huge issue with that when Theresa May was Home Secretary, and I'd imagine it's probably happened before that too. Um, there was a horrific story of when Theresa may was home secretary multiple gay people being told that they didn't appear gay enough and being deported being sent back to their home countries facing disgusting violence sexual abuse corrective rape and even murder the british government has a long history of sending Vulnerable gay people to their deaths. And I guess Suella Braverman thought that she was going to join in. She's going to keep up the tradition. Because, you know... (laughs) It's okay to be obviously and openly homophobic... If the gays are, you know, not white and not English, apparently. Um... Then again, I mean, this is a government that's also openly homophobic to, to white English gays as well. So nobody is safe from the uh, current Conservative administration. Um, but this, I mean, this is just obvious homophobia. It's it's not real. It's not true. There is no evidence. And the Home Office have been repeatedly asked for data on how many people have have faked being gay. And they've, they've never released it. Why? Because, because it's not happening. And they know it's not happening. But if they release the data, then that proves it's not happening. But what we do know, because we've seen it happen again and again, is that gay people are refused asylum because of the heartless, cruel UK government. And then they are sent to their deaths. So the fact that she has the audacity to come out with something like this. Knowing full well it's not true. Because she knows it's not true. She knows it's a lie. But she doesn't care. She doesn't care that she, she is part of an administration that is persecuting vulnerable gay refugees. She doesn't care. She doesn't care that she is going to send them away. And terrible, horrible things will happen to them. Because, well. She gets a ministerial car and she gets her salary and she gets to go to fancy parties. And talk about how great she is and give speeches at think tanks. So Suella's alright and fuck everybody else good news gang since i recorded that last segment it has been confirmed larry is doing okay thank god thank god we had to stan that little cat we had to because there ain't nothing else to stan is there Um, (laughs) speaking of things we don't stand, let's talk about Tim Farron. Apparently, the Liberal Democrats are having themselves a little conference. I mean, honestly, I don't know why they couldn't just, like, I don't know, book a table at Nando's. They should be able to get around that table and have room to spare, I'd imagine. But no, they put themselves a conference hall. It looks very empty in the pictures. Um... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, probably the most talked about moment from this conference is Tim Farron going batshit at young members of the Liberal Democrats because they had the audacity to want the party to focus on building houses. Oh no, how terrible of them! What utter bastards the young liberals are. <sighs> Honestly, he went on a rant lab- labelling them as Thatcherites. This, this bitch doesn't even know what that means, which is wild, because he had like a whole crush on Margaret Thatcher and everything. Um, no, seriously, look it up. It was true. Um, so he stood up and he attacked these young people. He, he decried the, uh, the policy as pure Thatcherism. Why? What was so wrong with what these young people asked for? They proposed that the party should restore a target of 380,000 houses being built a year. What's so wrong with that? What's so wrong with that? But Tim Farron thinks it's terrible. And he actually said, This is the most right-wing thing that I've seen at party conference since we sent Liz Truss off to go and work undercover. That's a little joke from when Liz Truss was in her Lib Dem era. Um, Like, really? (laughs) What exactly is right-wing about building more houses? If it was super right-wing, why isn't the current government doing it, Tim? Like, honestly, just say that you are more interested in the welfare of wealthy landlords than you are young people. Because that's what this is really about. And it's easy for Tim Farron to get angry at the idea of building houses and creating homes for young people. And for, for everybody that needs a home, really. Because he's probably got his own place. And he probably owns it and he's happy and he's secure. He doesn't have to share his home with a stranger or several strangers. He is not living in emergency accommodation. I know somebody who's been living in emergency accommodation for several years. Several years. Has basically no hope of getting anywhere permanent and proper. Because there's just not anywhere available. Um... There are people living in, in hotels and B&Bs because that's all that they can find. It's all that's available. There are people living in tiny, cramped studio flats all over the UK. But Tim Farron, he's got himself a nice little place. He's comfortable. And so he doesn't care about houses being built for everybody else. Disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, listen... It's just, it's wildly out of touch. Like, do you want to win or not, bitch? I don't, I don't know. It would appear not, but maybe that's good. Maybe that's good because (laughs) do we want a Lib Dem government? I mean, I mean, it's never going to happen, but still, do we? I I don't know. Uh, So what else has been going on? Well, there's been a lot of discussion about the new, um... The new 20 miles per hour speed limits in certain areas of Wales. And I have to say, some of the discussion about this has become quite unhinged. To the point where people are threatening to harm the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford. What on earth? What the fuck? I, Literally threatening to attack the First Minister of Wales because of a slight change to the speed limit, the intention of which is to save lives and stop accidents. And from the data that we have so far, firstly, journey times haven't really been drastically affected. And secondly, the roads do seem safer. But people want to hurt this man? People are threatening this man? go. mm-mm. That shit is unhinged. Unhinged. I and you know an interesting thing that I <laughs> I saw on social media? Somebody um somebody pointed out that there is a petition against the lowering of the speed limit. And <laughs> it's a little sus because, because there's been a huge boost in England of searches on search engines for Welsh postcodes. And it looks as if people in England are signing this petition to act like they are Welsh people who are really upset about it. Um, that's suspicious. That's a little weird. I just... I I think this policy is a good thing. It's going to save lives. And I mean who who needs to be you know in fucking residential areas, areas by schools, who needs to be driving that fast? Who needs to be? I I live by a school and to to be quite honest, it really actually frightens me how how fast people will go driving past that school and it's like there are kids there, man. There are kids. Walking to school. What what are you doing? What are you fucking playing at? I wish we had a Mark Drakeford, but alas we do not. Um But people threatening to hurt this man because they can't play fucking boy racer no more. Pathetic. Honestly pathetic. Speaking of pathetic <laughs> Oh, she's given us material. She's given us material. It is the newly crowned Queen of Cringe, Susan Hall. She is the Tories candidate for London Mayor. And this week, she had an utter disaster on LBC. Girl. It was trash after trash after trash. I could not believe it. I could <laughs> I could not believe it. So let's go through some of Susan's greatest um, hits to her own campaign. Um, So she... (laughs) She said... um, That it... (laughs) She said that if anyone was offended, she apologised and didn't intend for offence in regards to her controversial Twitter history, um, including liking tweets about Enoch Powell and sending abuse on social media to various people, um, liking abusive content about her opponent in the male race, Sadiq Khan. But she did add people will throw these tweets at me. Well, yes, Susan, they will, because you did the thing, okay? And you are responsible. And if you want to be the mayor of London, you have to deal with your own past. I'm sorry, sweetheart. That's just how it is. Um, she (laughs) She then said some people are offended and some people aren't. Okay. Uh she, she then also said that she liked the tweets about Enoch Powell because she Because she she wants London to be free of traffic jams. Hello Hello, what does that mean? Susan, what does it mean? I. Girl. (laughs) She also said that she didn't recall. um, She did not recall um, making posts about Sadiq Khan or liking posts about Enoch Powell, describing London as Londonistan. She said she didn't remember. She didn't remember. Um, so I guess she probably uh, doesn't remember a tweet that she literally wrote in which she said, Come on, Donald Trump, make sure you win and wipe the smile off this man's face. Tagging in Donald Trump and Seb Gorka um, as a quote tweet to a video of Sadiq Khan. I I, I guess she doesn't remember that tweet. That she made herself. I mean, <laughs> she seems really obsessed with Sadiq Khan. Actually, it's kind of creepy. Like, girl, why are you so obsessed with him? Uh so she, she also had some interesting uh, answers to race relations uh, between the police and black communities. Of course, we we will all remember. Susan's amazing insights into black communities of the past. She has referred to black communities as being uh, full of criminality. So I'm sure she's got some really great answers for us here. What she come up with. uh, So she says that she would restore trust between police and black communities with a heavier police presence. Okay. And making officers play football with black people. Girl, What the fuck? What? What? What does it mean? And why? Why would? Why would anybody want to? Football? Uh... <sighs> to me, that kind of it. It's very. I mean, it's very stupid. But also, it's kind of patronizing that she thinks. Years and years, decades and decades of anti-blackness from the Metropolitan Police, blatant racism, institutional racism, which has been found multiple times, in the Metropolitan Police can be solved by a football game. She is so unserious. She is so fucking unserious. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Um, She was also asked about air pollution and the death of a young girl in London um, due to air pollution. And her response was this. It's very sad, but she had asthma. And equally, if you see some of the emails I'm getting... Okay, firstly, Susan, nobody cares about your fucking emails, girl. You are talking about the death of a little girl who, mind you, had asthma because of that air pollution. That's why. And and that's been found um, in, in the past when people have looked into what happened to her. It's the fact that she just... She just walks away from that topic. She's like, no, 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 let's take it back to me and how I'm suffering... Never mind the child who died. I... I don't know why they have picked her. I know I keep saying this, but Jesus. Like, everything is wrong with her. I just, I don't even... She also... um, she also decided to label Sadiq Khan as a disgrace and a misogynist. Um, taking issue with the removal of Cressida Dick. Um, from her role within the Metropolitan Police. And she's she's framing it as misogyny. But actually... Holding Christina Dick to account for how she failed women again and again and again to cover up for and protect the men on her force is not misogyny. It's not. And I'm tired of mediocre women trying to blame everything on misogyny. Susan does this a lot. She's, she's, she's deep into that as a coping mechanism, I fear. Um, there is nothing misogynistic about how Sadiq not handle that situation. He did his job and he did what he had to do to try and make things safer for women in the capital. That's what he did. And it is astounding to me that Susan Hall is such a ridiculous mess of a person that she cannot see this. Disgusting. Disgusting. Speaking of disgusting. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So, former Member of Parliament, he was once upon a time a Labour MP and then he was an independent for a while. Jared O'Mara, remember him? He was he was an MP for a bit and then he kind of rage quit, but he kept the job, so he kept getting paid, I guess. And then it was discovered, oh, he's been doing a bit of fraud. He's been doing a bit of fraud. And he was found guilty earlier this year of fraud He was putting in fake expenses to pay for a cocaine habit. Literally trying to use our money to shove up his nose. I don't think so, bitch. Anyway, so he was jailed. Fabulous. He has now tried to appeal his four-year prison sentence. But this week, he lost his appeal and so the sentence stands, good, good. Try and fucking defraud us, would ya? I don't think so. Think you're above the law, do ya? I don't think so. Enjoy prison, darling. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Well, actually, no, I don't want him to have a good time. I want him to learn from what he's done and pay for what he's done. Because Jesus... I would say put it in jail, but I mean, they already did. Yay, finally someone listened to me. Love that for me. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's not getting out of it, which is fabulous news. But speaking of uh, put it in jail, uh, we might have another one. We might have another one, because this to me screams... Put it in jail, which is insane because this person is a police and crime commissioner. Can you fucking believe this shit? So, <laughs> um, we have Festus Akim who is standing in Mid Bedfordshire, the Dean Doris's old seat, I guess. The Tories decided they had to pick someone as unhinged as she was. Because this is crazy. So in his role as police and crime commissioner. He has created a competition. Oh my god. Uh, So he is offering a prize of a GoPro camera and a tablet. For children. Who can draw the best cartoons about sexual harassment. What in the lack of safeguarding is this? What in the lack of safeguarding is this? What the fuck? Bitch, what the fuck? What? Why? Why are you going to ask kids to be drawing that shit? what is this is this bitch insane i so it's a competition they can win a gopro and a tablet they have to make a computer animation or a short film or some digital art that demonstrates what public sexual harassment looks like my god can you imagine the fucking the the chaos the the awfulness of kids googling this to try and find out what it means what's going on what what are they supposed to be drawing no 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 listen educating people on sexual harassment that's important of course but it's got to be age appropriate and it's got to be done in a supervised manner you cannot drop a subject like that onto children and just leave them to their own devices that's insane And this is a competition open to children as young as 11. As young as 11. There are no safeguarding advice or regulations within the competition rules. And there is no requirements for parental supervision. So, again, it's just kids being left to their own devices with a a heavy, difficult topic like this. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. It's so inappropriate. I... And like I said, it is important to educate people about this. And it's important to educate young people so that we can help them to recognise it in in society and other people's behaviour. If it's happening to them, so that they know where they can go for help, things like that. But it needs to be done age appropriately and with supervision. You cannot just drop a subject like this onto fucking 11-year-olds. This is absolutely batshit. What the fuck? Honestly, I I just think that there is absolutely no vetting going on at the Conservative Party whatsoever. What are they doing? What is even going on? I... I mean, how do you put forward a candidate even more insane than Nadine Doris? Like, how do you do that? That's crazy. We need to stage an intervention right now because... Liz Truss is addicted to being a delusional insane person. Elizabeth, please. You're tearing us apart. Okay? You've crashed the economy. You you made the UK a laughing stock. What more do you want? Seriously. I listen to this. Apparently, she is considering running for the leadership of the Conservative Party again. <sighs> Put it in jail for the good of the nation. I know that perhaps you could argue a crime has not been committed, but. Put Liz Truss behind bars so that she cannot keep doing this. And the worst part is, is that the Conservative Party might even vote for her. You know how they are. You know how they get. I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it. I won't. I'm sick of this. I. The delusion the delusion I, I i just i can't i can't deal with it i cannot deal with it there's a lot of delusion going on in the conservative party of course uh rishi sunak uh still believes that his strategy of just declaring war on things that are not real is is going to win him the next election this week uh he is declaring war on the well the war on motorists apparently that's that's apparently happening um <laughs> what does it mean like seriously I just think that um that there there is There is so much insane conduct happening right now in the Conservative Party. It's too much. Like, somebody needs to step in and say, you are all unhinged. This has to stop. This has to stop. I mean, what the fuck? Um, So Rishi's big plan to rescue motorists, apparently, um, is... Ruling out blanket 20 mile per hour zones. Um, Well, I would would assume that's in response to the new legislation in Wales. But good luck with that because devolution exists. Oh, are are you going to try and overrule devolution again? Is that it? I would imagine so. And, And, you know, this is the thing. This is the thing. The UK government cannot be trusted when it comes to devolution because there are agreements in place, there are boundaries in place, right? Devolved governments have responsibility for some things and they have the right to make choices about certain things. If the UK government keeps intervening whenever they don't like it, I mean, they did the same in Scotland, Um earlier this year and and now they're they're making moves it kind of looks like they want to do the same in wales you cannot trust the tories when it comes to devolution because they are not willing to play by the rules they are not willing to follow the agreements that are in place that is completely unsustainable it's undemocratic it's terrifying actually um he also uh, included in his plan for drivers, no low traffic neighbourhoods without local consent. Um, it should be noted, um, it is sort of standard practice for those to be, you know, under consultation before they're implemented. But don't let facts get in the way, Rishi. Um, <laughs> clamping down on rip-off fines... Are you going to elaborate on that or or nah? And also, it, it should probably be noted, a lot of these fines probably exist because of local authorities desperately needing to make money because the local governments are receiving less from the UK government. And so perhaps if he did not keep starving local governments of money, This wouldn't be happening. I'm just saying. Um, Also in the plan, free up bus lanes when not in use. This is a stupid idea. This is a stupid idea. Bus lanes exist for a reason, right? So that buses can keep going and there'll be less delays for buses. So that people who use public transport can get where they need to go. The buses can hopefully stick to their schedules. Um, and there are less delays and less issues when it comes to buses. Um, why, why would you, why would you put cars in there? Because it basically eliminates the actual benefit of bus lanes. Um, that's stupid. (laughs) That's very stupid. (laughs) Fines for overrunning street works. I mean... Okay. Okay. But let me let me ask you this. I mean I I you know, I'm not I'm not completely against that as an idea because I do think sometimes they do go on, you know. I mean currently where I live, uh there is a <laughs> there is a road and they've been working on it for several months now and it's predicted it's going to potentially take years, which is insane. Um however, what should be noted Is that the reason it's going to take so long is because the council, reading between the lines, did not have the money to fix it. And so they basically kept leaving it, kept ignoring the problems that were happening. And then suddenly it got so fucking catastrophic that they couldn't ignore it anymore because the road literally started falling down a fucking cliff. And so now we're in a situation where it's going to take potentially years to fix it. If the council had the funding to be able to do remedial work throughout the years perhaps it would not have got as bad as it has now so that you know everything is on diversion potentially for the next few years and again who is supposed to be giving them that funding oh is it you Rishi yes it is Uh, (laughs) and a new national parking platform so this this one i i actually don't mind and i think perhaps it's a good idea and knowing our luck that will probably mean that they won't actually do it it will get abandoned <laughs> um but i i do think um sometimes you know parking situations are overcomplicated i i was i was with my grandparents um a while back And we were trying to sort out the parking situation and there was a machine. And so my grandparents thought, okay, we can just go and we can put some money in the machine and get a ticket. And then you put the ticket in the car and that shows you paid for parking. No, there's a machine, but you've got to use an app to pay for your parking. And then the app connects to the machine and then it prints a ticket and it's a whole thing. I was there, so I was able to sort that out, but my grandparents would not have been able to figure that out just being completely real um, they were they were very confused, and I, I had to say that just give me the phone and i can I can show you how if i hadn't have been there, what would they have done there's no answer to that, and I feel like um with this central parking platform or whatever it's the government's gonna do, they do need to consider that there are going to be a lot of people in the UK who may not be able to completely vibe with something that's entirely digital. Um and this this is a bit of an issue when it comes to uh to the government. Um if you remember during COVID, um in the beginning stages when it came to um Proving your vaccination status, the app was for a while one of the only ways you could do it. Um, because a lot of places wouldn't take your vaccine card itself. You had to show them on the NHS app that you had uh, had the vaccination. Um, I I myself actually had a lot of problems with that because um, like I'm, I'm fine with technology, but um, I had moved during COVID and I hadn't been able to register with a doctor because it was impossible to get that initial appointment that I needed to register and so what that meant was I basically could not access my medical records and therefore vaccination status through the COVID app I I ended up having to (laughs) Having to write to my m p to get it sorted just so that I could prove to people I would had this vaccination. It was a whole kerfuffle. It would have been so much harder as well for people who are not um as as into technology as me um because you know there are going to be some people there there are lots of people. Um, of all different ages, all different backgrounds who just, who just don't, they don't want to engage with it. I know people of my age who don't have a smartphone, who just have, you know, like a, an older, more simpler phone because they, they just don't want to, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to get involved, which is fair enough. Um, and so when it comes to a platform like this, that needs to be considered, Are the government just going to rush out some little tech project or are they going to be considering that actually quite a lot of people are going to need something a bit different? I think we all know the answer to that. (laughs) I think we all know the answer to that. They are not going to be thinking um, about what everybody needs. They are going to be thinking about, probably, if we're being real, uh, which of my friends owns a tech company that I can do a favor by giving them this contract, and then they do me a favor later down the line. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's probably what this is gonna be. <laughs> so that will be fun. Um, Rishi's not actually had a great week. Uh, it's building up to conference for the Conservatives. There was a picture in the mirror this week showing boxes of champagne being delivered for Conservative Conference. Huge crates of expensive champagne. Um, And also, is that? Yeah, I think that's apple juice. Um, I love a bit of apple juice, not going to lie. Um. So lots and lots of champagne for Conservative Conference. It's all right for some, isn't it? It's all right for some, you know. The rest of us, we're sort of scraping by in the cost of living crisis. I... <laughs> let me tell you. Even though I keep reading about how energy bills aren't going to be so bad this year, I am still racked with anxiety. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day... I walk past the the little cupboard that's got my gas meter in, and I just think you are going to cause me pain, aren't you <laughs> and i I feel worried about it, and you know, I did my shopping yesterday, um and you know you notice these things every week. something goes up, something on the list will become more expensive on an almost weekly basis, which is it's insane. It's insane. Um, But it's okay for the Tories. They're going to have lots of fun, lots of champagne. Because of course they are. Of course they are. The rest of us, we suffer. But they're just drinking champagne, having fun, coming up with insane ideas and insane conspiracies. Apparently, one of Rishi's uh, big points he wants to make at this conference is that... (laughs) And I mean his his plan for what he's going to say at conference has gone through a couple of rewrites, apparently earlier this week, it was reported that he wanted to take away the winter fuel payment from pensioners um and his justification for that was he needed to do it to keep the triple lock on the pensions, so you know take take the one of the only things that protects vulnerable pensioners in the winter time away from them short-sightedness is is the the plight of this government i feel um he has thankfully changed his mind on that and he's not going to be doing it thank fucking god um but yeah he he was he was ready to go out there and just be like fuck those pensioners uh, which i mean i mean um he also one of his ideas apparently Uh, For conference is to rail against 15 minute towns and cities. Um, I have done a bit of looking into this. And apparently there are some people and they don't like the idea of it. Because they believe that if everything is provided to you within like a 15 minute walk. That at some point... The government is going to tell you that you cannot leave your town without permission or something like that. Um, and I have to say, I, I, I don't see that that is going to happen because the government is so shit and so unorganised. <laughs> Like, do you really think that they would be able to organise that level of, like, mass um, restriction? I mean, they they could not even keep people indoors all the time during COVID. There were still people having parties all the time. There were still people going out, doing whatever they wanted. I mean, yes, some people got caught and they got fined. But in the majority of cases, I don't think that they did. And i mean you know so i i I doubt heavily that the government could actually do that in terms of you know 15 minute towns and cities um i do think that there would be a great benefit of people having um things local to them that would be great i mean where i live i've got there's a couple of bits like there's a co-op within 15 minutes walk there's a chippy that's nice there's a, a dog groomers but i don't have a dog um what else is there i mean there's a school but i don't have any kids but you know if i did that'd be useful um but that that's sort of it um about sort of 25 minutes walk away there's the bigger town centre with the high street and everything. But there's fuck all there. Like if if I wanna go and actually do stuff, like go proper shopping or go to the cinema or anything like that, I've got to go all the way to Blue Water, which is you know, it's actually quite a trek. <laughs> um you know I, I I mean I would go to the local theatre in my town but currently it's shut down because it's got that dodgy concrete in it. Um so actually having local things might be beneficial. It might be good. Um, do I trust the government to let me leave my town if I want to? I mean, yes, but not for a good reason. <laughs> I I trust them just because I don't think that they have the ability to stop me. Do you know what I mean? Um, so So that would be my perspective. But Rishi's big plan is to lean into this idea... That it is bad for people to have things local to them. Which to me just seems like he does not want for people to have um, facilities local. He does not want investment into our infrastructure. He does not want us to have nice things. Which if I were trying to win the votes of people is not something I would say. Um, But there are people who have a lot to say about Rishi himself... Um, Because it was revealed by Sky News this week that Rishi has been roundly mocked by his own activists as a group of grassroots Tories in a leaked WhatsApp chat. (laughs) Had a lot to say about Rishi. Um, So this is a, a group called the Conservative Democratic Organization. Um, and it was founded <laughs> in twenty twenty two uh by backers of Boris Johnson who were very upset about you know Boris Johnson losing power, I guess seems like a waste of of time to me but people are going to do what they're going to do right um so the the group has been supported by jacob rees mogg nadine doris of course Pretty patel all of the most delusional and ridiculous members of the conservative party um so <laughs> uh the whatsapp chat got a little bit spicy um with one member saying it's time to go to war. Unfortunately, it's with the liberals in our party. Needs to be done. We need the party back. I'm sorry, these people think that Rishi Sunak is a liberal? I, I swear to you, there are some people and they just use words and they don't even know what they mean. In what way is that man a liberal? God. <laughs> okay. Um, and they also said listening to my local party's whatsapp broadcast is like the last days of Rome carrying on with the same old policies that have lost year after year ignoring actual conservatives and the conservative message appearing preferring to appear liberal to appease the middle class liberal climate guilt voters personally I can't see past the cowardice I'm pretty sure that's all the public see too these people are so fucking dramatic man uh one of their members said that Rishi has the charisma of a doorknob. True. Um somebody said he was uninspiring and that the government can't get anything right. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh <laughs> I Okay. Uh, but some of them have lost hope of the Conservatives holding on to power and have said, we're going to be out of power for a lot longer than four years. And given the cultural shift, we may never get back in. Well, I hope so. That'd be nice. Um, one of them also, <laughs> this bit sent me because really, one of them um, suggested a new, uh, a new face Uh, for conservative leader and said is Tom Harwood a conservative if he is he would make an ideal prime minister yes Tom Harwood from GB News I (laughs) really girl honestly honestly how embarrassing How embarrassing. They don't like Grant Shapps either. Somebody said of Grant Shapps, I just don't find Shapps credible. Certainly not to take over the mantle from Wallace, who was beyond excellent. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, Another person said about Grant Shapps, Jack of all trades, master of none. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Oh dear uh so the the Tories have got internal problems, external problems um and still they persist um Suella's also got more problems. I feel like this whole episode has been about Suela braverman in in one way or another um she is the bane of my life um so <laughs> um the ambassador for Rwanda. Uh, was revealed to have said that Suella Braverman was absolutely wrong on immigration. <laughs> um, and he apparently also said that it was immoral for the UK to regard itself as the compassionate country. Oh, girl. He read us. Um, he said... They enslaved millions of people for 400 years. They destroyed India. They destroyed China. They destroyed Africa. So, I, I, I guess maybe he's not super on board uh, with the Rwanda plan that the government keeps saying they're going to do. That's interesting. Um, I mean, it's it's insane that that the government i mean this isn't even the first time that the government has basically dragged another country into their big immigration plan and then the other country has turned around and been like excuse me why am i in it well leave me alone get out of my face so this is quite a funny development i feel um and, and now uh, to something not funny and actually quite concerning in my opinion, um. So Miriam Cates, Conservative MP, um. She was interviewed on Times Radio, and she had this to say: "There is an ideal for children, which is to be with both biological parents, and then she set out her idea, of." tax reform to protect and support the family unit as she believes the UK has become the family breakdown capital of the West. It should be noted, by the way, it should be noted that Miriam Cates is not coming at this from, like, a, a child safeguarding perspective, Um, she is not coming at this in defence of children. She is coming at this as an evangelical Christian um, who has, frankly, quite fundamental beliefs, fundamentalist beliefs, and basically only cares so much about the family unit because... It's a religious thing for her. She wants to effectively have other people live by her religion. Now, here's my thing, right? I, I, I'm religious myself, actually. But I do not believe other people have to live in the way I do. There are certain things I do in my life and certain things I have in my life that are informed by, by my religion. But that has nothing to do with anybody else. Everybody else should be living their lives how they want to, as long as they are not hurting anybody. It's not my fucking business. It is not my fucking business. I do not have a right to tell them how to live, to tell them what they should do in their lives, because that's insane. Why, why do I get the right? Why do I get the right to tell people how to live their lives, to tell people what they should do? That's, that's crazy, no like i'm not doing that um i find personally that people who have religion or have a faith and are obsessed with making other people uh join them or live in their way of life are very insecure like they're very insecure Um, because if you really have that belief and it's, it's real deep and it's, it's settled and it's fine, you don't need other people to, to follow you and you don't need other people to do what you're doing because you and your relationship with your faith is enough. And so to me, this very much read like insecure, you know what I mean? (laughs) She needs other people to do what she's doing because she's, she's insecure, which is sad, but whatever. Um, so her whole thing is she wants for um for there to be financial rewards effectively um you know tax breaks and things like that to try and keep the family unit together so firstly there are so many different reasons for relationship breakdowns for family breakdowns it is not the government's business why that happens and it is not right for the government to punish people financially for family breakdowns and relationship breakdowns that is beyond fucked up secondly there are so many Different kinds of families where children are thriving. Yes, there are some children that thrive in the nuclear family, and there are some that thrive in single parent families, um, step parents, adoption, fostering. There are so many different environments where children can do amazing. But she has a very um, blinkered and probably quite sheltered view. Um, that I feel is, is informed by, you know, her fundamentalist beliefs, right, in her mind, it, it just does not compute that sometimes children can be fine with, you know, just one biological parent, you know, the, there are so many single mums and dads out there who are doing an amazing job for their kids, the kids are happy, they are thriving, they are doing so well, I'm sorry should should those parents be financially punished because because they're doing well with their kids like what what the fuck is that they they shouldn't get you know these tax breaks too because, because what because what <laughs> um there are step parents who are doing amazing with their kids Um, adopted parents as well. This idea that a child should stay with the biological parents, both biological parents at all costs, is deluded and incredibly naive. There are so many reasons why, um, why there is that breakdown and why there is that separation sometimes. Um, a policy like this, for example, where, you know, the nuclear family would receive you know financial rewards effectively for maintaining that nuclear family that's going to be a disaster in terms of of domestic violence um for a start because there are going to be people who are in abusive situations but they feel that they can't leave because if they leave they lose that tax that tax break they end up paying more more goes out of their salary which means less money for the kids, and they are going to stay in an abusive relationship so that they can make sure that they can feed their kids and look after their kids. Forcing people to stay together if they are not able to do so or if they shouldn't be doing so is wrong. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to fucking say that. It's wrong. There are so many stories and so much evidence that this whole idea of stay together for the kids is bullshit. Sometimes it is better if parents are apart, even if there's not, um, even if there's not, you know, um, an abusive situation. I mean, that's just one situation where this is going to be a huge issue. Um, There is, of course, as well, the fact that other kinds of families and other kinds of, you know, parent setups are going to be financially punished because they are not Miriam Cates's delusional ideal um but there there are a lot of reasons sometimes where parents will split up biological parents will split up Um, you know it could just be they're not compatible anymore you know there's a lot of arguing and and things like that and the children and the parents will both be better off if there is that split if there is that distance so they can each have their own space they can have their own time with the children that is better off for the children And for the parents. But again, it doesn't fit into her delusional ideals. So it can't happen. And those parents who... Like, this is the thing. It takes a lot. If you are in, for example, a marriage, whatever. And you've got these kids. And it takes a lot to recognise we are not good together anymore. And we are not good for these kids in the state we're in. We need to go our separate ways so that we can be good parents to our children and we can be good to each other. You know, that takes so much. It is such a hard decision, I'm sure. Um, And why should those people be punished for making the right choice for their children? Because she's got some delusional idea that... The only right way is if everybody stays in unhappy marriages. Girls, shut up. Like I said, it screams insecurity. It screams I'm unhappy and I'm having to make it work. So you have to as well. I would not be surprised. Like I, I know I should not be speculating, but you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna. I feel like, like, it's giving me the vibe of she's unhappy, so she's going to make everybody else unhappy too. I'm suffering, so you have to suffer too. I would not be shocked to find out that she is unhappy in her own marriage, but she is persevering. And so she's forcing that on other people, which, I mean, it's sad, but also, fuck off. Fuck off. (laughs) Um... So uh speaking of silent suffering, <laughs> let's check in with Anna Sawar, leader of Scottish Labour, the man without a voice, it seems. Uh so the Rutherglen by-election is coming up. It is next week. I hope that everybody's ready to vote. I love a vote, you know that. Um Anna Sawar has been, you know, he's been working hard trying to win that seat for Labour. And I don't know why. I don't know why. (laughs) But um, Keir Starmer, I guess, has decided to just make it 10 times harder for him. Which is a weird choice. Um, So Keir Starmer spoke to journalists during a campaign event. And he said, whatever I say will be what Anna says. Well, I guess we can once again say goodbye to the forever delusional idea that Scottish Labour has any level of autonomy. <laughs> Cuz they've they've been they've been trying to push that as an idea again throughout this election uh campaign, this by-election campaign. Um because there have been a lot of questions um of of Scottish Labour in particular about whether the the candidate that they have chosen whether he is actually going to stand up for Scottish voters and for the interests of Scotland or whether he's just going to do what he's told um Michael Shanks has been asked this repeatedly especially when it comes to things like the bedroom tax um the the benefits caps, um, all kinds of issues that are affecting people in Scotland and currently Labour's, uh, Labour's perspective is no, we are not, we're not deviating from that, we're not changing anything, we're doing what we're doing um and so people had questions for him what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts he didn't really seem like any way to answer and now Keir Starmer seems to have answered for him Keir Starmer has put his foot down I guess and said whatever I say will be what Anna says so <laughs> so that's that isn't it whatever the UK Labour Party says is what Scottish Labour says Scottish Labour does not have its own voice it just has the, the same lines as the UK Labour Party, but just in a Scottish accent. And I, I mean, why would you say that at a campaign event? Why? Like, Keir storm what are you doing? I don't, because I that, that to me, I feel like maybe he doesn't understand why it's bad. <laughs> But that has been used, that line has been used by lots of different parties, um, including the SNP, because it is effectively from polling, and what you can see, it looks like it's gonna be a two-horse race between the SNP and the Labour Party. And the SNP have absolutely been using that, you know. Do you want somebody who actually can think for themselves and act in your interest or do you want somebody that just has to do what Keir Starmer tells them Uh, which I, I think is definitely going to be a big vote winner I have seen other parties as well mentioning the lack of autonomy from Scottish Labour as a potential issue to voters so I don't really understand why Keir Starmer decided to do this like it seems It seems like he has this idea in his head that if he is dismissive enough, he can convince Scottish voters that they are just like a region or something. And they will never desire any kind of autonomy for themselves or any kind of leadership from their politicians. And so they will just take... Scottish Labour vote them in and accept that Scottish Labour will never do anything that's actively in their interests and they will just have to go along with the rest of the UK however that's going to be quite hard to do and I don't think that Keir Starmer recognises that you know (laughs) for for quite a while now Scotland has had a, a government that is very enthusiastic about um putting forward what scotland itself actually needs um not necessarily just doing what the uk government says um making full use of devolution um and really pushing to have that autonomy and i don't i don't think that the people of scotland are want will want to just go back i i, I don't think they will and i think that keir starmer maybe thinks they will and that's delusional <laughs> that's delusional in the extreme, um, I, Keir Starmer is, is a very strange guy, actually, um, and it does make me wonder, because, you know, there is just a lot of, a lot of these mistakes, you know, I have seen a lot of, a lot of issues, you know, like this from him, weird mistakes that you think, why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why did you make that mistake? And yeah, he does. Uh, Speaking of mistakes and sticking with the theme of the Rotherglen by-election, it was pointed out this week. (laughs) See, again, this is why I'm like, does Labour actually want to win this or not? Like, it's so weird. Uh, so Lucy Powell, uh, Labour MP, she got herself on a train. I'm, well, I'm assuming she might have driven. I don't know. I mean, she might have even taken a flight. Who knows? Um, there are lots of ways to get to Scotland. There are lots of ways. Um, but she, she got herself on some kind of transport and she went up to, to Scotland to campaign for the Rutherglen by-election. Um... And she posted a tweet with some pictures. It was raining, so they all had umbrellas. Very nice. Some of them were red for labour. That's cute. Except there was a picture. <laughs> there was a picture uh, that she posted on her Twitter account of her And she's standing by a door. She's got her umbrella. She's got a clipboard. And she's trying to look like she's engaged in this conversation. Except if you scroll along the picture and you look a little bit closer, the door is shut. The door is closed. She ain't talking to nobody. She ain't talking to nobody. What the fuck? Girl. Why not just take a picture where she was actually talking to someone? Like, were were the reactions from voters that bad that they can't use any of the pictures of her actually talking to people? I, like, what, what on earth? Why would you, why would you do this? And, uh, like, listen, it's quite common for MPs to have members of staff that help them with their social media, Um, Some of them will use their social media themselves as well, but often their office staff will have access to their social media as well, so they can help them to post stuff and yada, yada, yada. This was probably posted by one of her staff. Why did nobody notice this? So you had the person who took the picture, you had the person that posted the picture. That's at least two people. There's probably more people that checked it just before it went out to make sure, you know, correct people were tagged and yada, yada, yada. How did this picture get through so many people when it's so obvious? Like, even if you look, while not even looking that closely, like, just a cursory glance will tell you, that door is shut, she ain't talking to nobody. Why would you post it? She's just standing there like a lemon in the rain, fucking pretending to talk to somebody. She looks crazy. I... (laughs) Man, what is going on with the Labour Party? are they having some kind of like, incident, I don't, I don't know, it's like, they're sort of freaking out, because they're like, oh my god, we might win the next election, well, time to freak out and be weird, I guess, like, what, what is even this, what is even this, I don't, I can't, I can't. Uh, The Labour Party aren't actually the first party I've seen do this, though. I remember, um, it was a while back now, um, and and I lived in a different constituency, actually. Uh, But there was a by-election for the council. And, oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Some Tory activists did the same thing. And they posted a picture being like, oh, we're just having a chat with all these voters. And the, the door was obviously and very blatantly closed. Um, But I mean, it was a council by-election, so I think people cared less. Um, I mean, if, God, nobody's checking for a council by-election in Horton fucking Kirby. But, well, except me, obviously. I was, but... <laughs> Nobody else. Um, so it's interesting to see the exact same issue come up again. I <laughs> I just have to wonder: Did nobody? Did nobody look at this picture and say, "Lucy, darling, it really just looks like you're talking to a closed door. That's not a good look, and could actually be quite a a pointed and unfortunate metaphor for how we are running this campaign." but that's crazy what is going on with labour man okay besties that's all for this week but i will catch you again next week love you bye